Hi guys, welcome to Innovate and Coffee, the podcast where we talk about innovation across all industries, all sizes. I'm Sam Nicholson, your host, and my guest today is Lewis Neal. He's a personal trainer, he's an entrepreneur, he's my personal trainer. Lou, why don't you give us an introduction to your professional past? Yeah, so thank you for obviously having me on the podcast first and foremost, but basically, as Sam said there, I am a personal trainer slash online coach. Um, I'm sure we'll come into differences in this podcast, um, but yeah, that's my main business at the moment. Brilliant. Lou, first question before we get into all that. What is your go-to choice of coffee? Oh, good question. Um, obviously, I am a massive fan of coffee in general. It depends on the on the day and the environment. At home, I've got a... Um, I went... I wasn't as, as bold. I went with an espresso sage, so a little bit of both um, companies. And at the moment, I'm actually on the Starbucks capsules, which are, are really nice. Um, but my go-to coffee... Of choice would be a flat white in any circumstances. So that's the go-to, no matter what, no matter the mood. If it's a flat white or a latte with an extra shot, which is basically a larger flat white. That's, that's the thing. When, <laughs> I remember when um, before we actually started, me being your client in a personal training, online coaching, should I say? Um, <laughs> I I always looked at your story and I thought, Lewis at McDonald's, like what is going on? And I realised that you always got that morning coffee at McDonald's. I always had a theory: is it because one, it's a day cheap, or two, that's the only place that's open early enough to fit with your schedule. Yeah, so it was first, it was the, it was the one that was only open. Um, so on, if I'm on the gym, you know, I'm in six o'clock, quarter past six, I'll be at Mackey's for quarter to six, half five. Um, and the flat whites are actually really nice. I don't know if anyone if anyone agrees with me on that or, or thinks I'm, um, I'm a bit weird, but yeah, the coffee's actually quite nice. And again, you go through phases now. Now that there's a Costa drive-through, now that there's a Starbucks drive-through, um, it's getting a little bit more expensive, um, but the variety is still there. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so right back to back to the papers then. So you saw you said then it's yourself as personal trainer and online coach. I don't know, and for others who don't know, what is the difference between personal trainer and online coach? So first and foremost, it, my company name or my business name is Lewis Neal Coaching. Um, and why why is that? Because I think a coach is someone who goes just beyond being a trainer in terms of, you know, this is what you do in the gym. So personal training is basically people will come to you one-to-one, groups or whatever, in fa- face-to-face, and we'll do a session. You know, we might chat over the weekend once or so, might look over your nutrition a couple of times in the sessions, and that's about it. I've been there, done that years ago, and I see it a lot now with personal trainers, whereas an online coach is... You don't meet face-to-face. Your diaries don't have to match. Everything is covered in terms of training, your nutrition, your mindset, your day-to-day, your lifestyle. Everything is in, under one umbrella. And as the, the word says, coach, it's in order to, to excel you now and also lead you in the future so you don't need me um, anymore. Okay, so your goal, which I always thought is this the goal of personal trainers, is it to maintain or kind of get to a point and then let them go? So obviously, from a business perspective, you don't want no one to leave. Of course, you don't. But yeah. everyone has their everyone has their own like uh, coaching life. So I've had clients who have been with me since the first week I became a personal trainer, and are still with me to this day. I have people who've been with me for six months. Yourself, you've been with me for a few months as well. Yeah. It just depends. On, and to me personally, the the journey never stops. You know, you can go through many different phases with training. But the journey will never stop. And that's why these people who've been training with me for three years understand that. Is that 
you know, there's not, it's not just one aspect of so to get you in shape as quick as possible. It's yeah. to, it's to build them habits, build them relationships. As a coach, I'm trying to help with as, as much as it might sound like I'm, you know, I'm preaching, I'm trying to help with your lifestyle. How can I make you better in your business? How can I make you better with your family life? Everything under one umbrella. So, um, the goal is to be able to obviously people do it themselves, but often not. I see a lot of people try and do that themselves. Um, and again, the required that accountability most of the time. Of course, yeah. So it's interesting there you talked about, obviously there's a physical side, which we covered a lot. Um, but there's also the mental and the business aspect of it. So let's focus on the mental aspect of it. Is that deliberately a crossover with what you do? Or is that just something you naturally had to embrace because it was a byproduct of what you were doing? No, so like, speaking with my mentor recently like he's noticed that that's one big avenue that i i went down which is like mindset sort of things and i've sort of just i haven't fell into that like going back to my own journey i deal with a lot of people who are in my shoes so my 90 percent of my clientele are, are, are males in the same sort of age range as me and often where i was so basically you know body confidence was low you know confidence in general was low you know everyone wants to go and speak to um to, to like, uh, females and stuff so the mindset naturally comes with that and I understand how much it's helped me with my life and impacted my life and made me the person I am today um, so I obviously want to express that through through coaching and understand that it's not just about training but sharpening your mindset will, will lead to so many other things in your life relationships family business um, and obviously your physical health as well and routine I suppose part of that as well like since we started about four or five months ago now my routine has been, obviously, I've, you, you know me, I've fell off a few times trying to keep track of my nutrition and everything like that. But the actual getting into the gym, doing that workout every day or every other day, depending on what the schedule put in says, that's helped me kind of be more strict myself and realize that it might not be what you want to do right now, but it's necessary for where you want to get to. That's it. It's that instant versus delayed gratification. People are always looking for the thing they want today. Amazon Prime, we want things today. I bought an iPad the other day. I went out and bought it because I didn't want to get it delivered the next day. And that just shows the society that we live in. Yeah. Um, but for any sort of results, whether it comes to your body composition, your mindset, habits and behaviors, you've got to, you've got to be with the, with the delayed gratification. You've got to put the work in now to see the results six months down the line. You know, you're not going to expect the instant results straight away. So always look for that. You know, it's not going to, it might not be a good thing now. I might not be feeling the benefits now, but I guarantee down the line, them things will shape you as a person. So even with routine, with gyms and stuff, people go to me, oh, how often do you go to the gym? I go, well, usually like four or five times a week. Like, how do you fit that in? It's just part of my life. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think about it. I just turn up at the same similar times each week. And I do what I need to do. And that's just part of my life. And when that's taken away from me, which I have been in lockdown, it's not easy. Um, so, yeah, everyone has their own sorts of things. And routine is, is massively important with that. Yeah. And you, you've, as you said, then people ask you, how do you fit all that in? That's, I actually hear that a lot, whether it's to do with gym or work or whatever you're really doing. And I always find that it's not, people aren't struggling with finding the time. It's just not a priority. That's exactly. as simple as that. They don't prioritize enough to make it a part of their day. So That's exactly it. it's the mindset of them, as you said before, speaking of which was transitioning from personal training, which is obviously where you started you said before transitioning people from face-to-face -face personal training to online coaching. Was that tough trying to get people's mindset to shift or was that adopted quite well? 
Yeah, so as you can imagine, I think it's more of a trust thing. It's like, you know, even like looking back at client testimonials that they've done me, it's like, well, first going into online coaching, you ex- how is this going to work if I don't actually see the trainer? How is this going to work if we don't really, you know, I'm not going to be in there with him. He's not going to be able to push me. How does it work? So I had this misconception when I first heard of online coaching a few years ago about like, you know, it's just a training program and it's a little bit of nutrition and that's it. Whereas obviously when I've created my business online, um, I obviously know that's a lot more than that. And you, your coach can put in as much effort as he wants to in different areas in order to get the best outcome. So uh, I think the main shift was obviously March when, when lockdown hits because I was majoritively, majoritively in the gym with, with one-to-one clients and obviously that was taken away from us. So the option for clients was, okay, you can either follow me online and trust me um, or you won't be trained as simple as that. That's the two options that we've got and that's yeah. everyone's in the same boat. Um, and thinking back now, the majority of people who, who were one-to-one are now still online clients because they prefer it. Um, it fits with their diaries a lot better. It fits with their family a lot better. And ultimately, you get to see me more. Yeah. Is that your focus now? In fact, seeing you more, that actually goes back to what you said before. People want stuff now. They don't want to wait. It's just providing that easy access. Exactly. Yeah. So, call away. Exactly, exactly. So is that your focus now? Is your, do you think when you look at your future in online coaching, personal training, do you see yourself prioritizing online coaching above personal training now or are you unsure yet? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret. So at the start of the year, uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to have 10 clients online. This was before yeah. anything obviously happened. Yeah. I think this year, you know, in and out, probably 70, 80 people. Wow. Something like that, I would say. So obviously I've excelled in that. And I, yeah. even my girlfriend says to me, I think you are actually class now as an online coach. Yeah. But people forget that you actually do PT as well. So I've just sort of fell into that bracket a little bit more. Is, is there any sort of like, you know, controversy on that? Do you see some PTs who like, oh, I don't believe in the online coaching? Or do you get any sort of hate for stuff like that? Or it's just kind of... I think there is, there is definitely... You know, there's definitely two sides to, to things. People think, you know, online coaching, how is, you know, how is he delivering a good service? But I know from myself and I know that the, the things that I put in place and the systems I put in place provide a, a good service. And probably, I don't know what other people are doing, but I, I guarantee it's up there with what people are doing. And I feel like if, I, if, I, if I'm saying myself as a personal trainer that some people need PT, some people need face-to-face because... You might be really new to the gym. You have, don't have a clue how, how to train or do things safely. Um, and then you've got the, the other bracket of people who sort of know what to do, but they just need that little bit of guidance and assistance. And, and online coaching is mostly for them. It's, it's for them to, you know, not waste that time, not waste that, you know, that money to come and see me and exchange time for money um, and obviously cover overheads with the gym rent and stuff like that. So there's always going to be people who, who will think, how is he developing a good service or, you know, online coaching's a drop up are like just because you can't PT good enough to just jump to online, but it's not it's not that at all. Or you might see like the laptop lifestyle and say, like, well, he just wants to go on holiday all the time and work from his laptop. It's like, no, well, in actual fact, I want to help more people for for a cheaper price point, getting even better results. And I freeze up a lot more of my time as well. So <laughs> everybody wins. Exactly. And what I've noticed as well, what you can offer due to being online is like head and shoulders above what other people offer. For example, there's been times where obviously people who don't know, I'm one of those clients. We, on Mondays, we've got the yoga where we do it yeah. online. And there's no, 
kind of I'll be here at this time at this place. It's it's really accessible because I can just I literally move this table which my laptop is on. I move it off to the side. I put the laptop on it, and then there's about ten to fifteen different people on there with another yoga instructor who's in a different place, and it's just you get more. It's easier to to collaborate. You can grow your business better because you've got more access to more people because you're online. Exactly. I think that a business in general is going that way. You might see people in, no, not returning back to offices, maybe not at all. Yeah. Um, it just depends, but it's definitely having more access to people. So again, you don't have to set a time. That's, that's the issue is that when you exchange time for money in a sense of, you know, meet at district location at six o'clock in the morning, um, you know, you both got to match diaries. You've got to make sure that you can both fit at that time. Um, and I've only got so many hours in my day that I can do that. So instead of sacrificing family time and relationships and stuff like that. So the transitions, obviously the, the best thing is where I can reach more people. I can help more people, but the time, the time is still the same as what I'd, I'd do for one-to-one. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, completely agree with you. Um, so then looking at the fitness industry as a whole, not just personal training, I'm talking about, you know, every aspect of it, when it comes to supplements that people can get access to gyms, do you think, especially with lockdown being a catalyst to make people come, uh, kind of work from home and work out from home, what's that looking like? Is, is there kind of fear in gym owners? Is there like uh, uncertainty looking out of what the current state is going to be like? What, how are they going to transition over the next one, two, three, six months? Yeah, so I think, I think like face-to-face training will never go away. People always need that um, that person to be there. People always need that social connection. People will always need them gyms. I think a lot of people now can realize what you can do at home and understand the benefits of what you can do at home and will naturally just stay in that position. But obviously, if you're like me, like yourself, you probably are missing the gyms and it's probably, you know, you probably appreciate it even more now than what you did before, before you even went into lockdown. So. Definitely. There's definitely going to be change in in the industry. Um, you, you, you might see, like, obviously, as a personal trainer, and I know a lot of personal trainers, the only thing that we've been able to do is go online. So whether that sticks, whether that people stick to fully online or whatever, that's totally up to them, depending on how they're getting on. But I think once things are back into some sort of normal, uh, I think the online stuff will die down for a lot of people and they'll go back to doing that regular one-to-one, which which they enjoy and which I enjoy. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely a change, but personally, the gyms will never go away and your one-to-one training will never go away either. Okay. So is that how you see, have you thought, if you had to tell me now, what's the fitness energy going to look like in five years? Could you begin to predict what it might look like or how you see it going and how you want to shape what you're doing to fit in with that? I think it's because the industry is so big as, as a whole, like there's so many different parts to it. There's so many different avenues towards it. You know, I, I just came to my head, let's say Peloton or whatever. Yeah. People think, oh, that's going to crush people. Why, why would you get a personal trainer or why would you go to the gym if you can just get a bike at home and do a workout on a bike? But that's only one very small aspect to someone's journey. Yeah. There's so many other aspects towards it, the community aspect towards it as well and stuff like that. So in five years, I think it'll be exactly where it is now, oh, filled, yeah. filled with more shit, probably. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's the, you see that, I mean, everywhere, just shiny new toys coming in. So yeah. Peloton's one of them. But for me, I think uh, a, a big step in the fitness industry would be 
access of knowledge and how easy it is for you to gain that knowledge and like, you know, retain it. So is there anything that you obviously you've got your online training now, you do a lot of courses. Are them courses with the intention of showing yourself as the knowledge base, or is it just because you have that knowledge, why not pass it on? So the course I do now I'm remotely based on business and growth um, with, with aspects of becoming a better coach. I'm currently looking at another um, course to do to expand my knowledge because you never stop learning. Again, there's so, there's so much stuff to learn or so much stuff that you want to learn that you'll never stop learning. But the issue with, with again, as we're going back to instant versus delayed gratification is that instant gratification, people aren't bothered about me telling them, you know, protein does this and, and carbohydrates do this. It's actually implementing it. You can go and Google that and find anything you want about nutrition or training. It's actually implementing it and getting it from the right source. So for me, it's about, I'm, for me being a go-to for a lot of people and hopefully my followers will trust what I say, um, knowing that I'm probably right in what I'm saying. So I think it's just trying to lead with that and being the person to go to if people are ever stuck for something. Going, I can trust what he's saying. Um, because knowledge is it's vast, even the bad knowledge, it's out there. Um, so again, what I was saying is in five years, it's going to be even more quote-unquote shit. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more bad knowledge as well as good knowledge. So it's, it's separating it out and seeing what's right and what's wrong. Exactly, yeah. That's the one thing, misinformation is massive, like Mass. huge in the fitness industry. Some of the things I see, like I'm not knowledgeable enough to know exactly what's wrong with it, but some of the things you see, it's just ludicrous. What what's just as a what's the most outrageous thing you've seen about fitness that you've kind of looked at and thought, what the fuck are they even talking about? Is there anything that springs to mind straight away? Not string springs to mind because it's just bombarded at all sorts. Like people trying to people trying the thing that bothers me is people trying to sell something for a pretty penny, basically. So mm-hmm. there's loads of things now about like because of keto and the ketogenic diet, which has been around, it's not new. It's not new at all. It's been around for a while, but because there's sort of a bandwagon with what it doesn't and certain supposed benefits, people have jumped on that to try and sell certain products. And we've researched, we enjoy research these products, the Lid Lifters, the podcast that I'm part of. You know, they were selling a product for £130, which lasts, uh, I think it's 30 servings. We found the exact scientific powder and I think it was £30 for 500 servings or something oh. stupid like that. So <laughs> that's the sort of stuff they're you're just, dealing with. They're just yeah. branding it in there and everything and putting all these random messages onto yeah. it. This is going to do this. If you, if you don't eat for 48 hours and you eat this or you drink this, you'll lose £10. Probably because you haven't eaten for 48 hours. That's probably why. Yeah. That goes back again to what you're saying, instant gratification. Yeah. Is that the same category as, you know, what is it, one-week abs? Or six exactly. is what, exactly. how do you tackle that? Like that's obviously a mindset thing as well. Do you have people coming to you saying, oh, I want to be, you know, three dress sizes smaller, or I want to have, you know, pecs and uh, nice abs in the next three, four weeks? What do you how do you deal with that? What do you say? There's two things with that. Firstly, is that there's a there's a time and a place for everything. If someone needs to drop 20 pounds in, in three weeks, for example, it can be achieved, but is it recommended? Is it going to benefit you? Probably not. It's probably going to make your relationships worse with food and stuff like this and et cetera, et cetera. The other side of things is that I've had clients who come to me and go, well, I've seen this. I'm, I'm going to try this, even though I've told them, you know, I, I know my my ethos and my, my aspects is I'll never tell someone no. I'll tell someone, okay, 
here's my thoughts on it. I'll send you some stuff relating to that subject. You, you, you by all means try it, but come back to me in a few days and see how you're feeling. Yeah. And then it's more of an education thing about like, yeah, you're right in saying that. And then it's like me going, okay, I've just had, I've just had a chocolate muffin. That chocolate muffin gonna make me fast, and not a, not at all. It fits into me day to day, and it's it's showing people that simplify simplify it as much as you can, and yeah. and honestly, you'll cut through all that and crap that's out there. Yeah, it's full of noise, isn't it? Right now, just trying to navigate around it. Um, so I want actually, I put a video out yesterday talking about obviously you're coming onto the podcast and I said you got you're an entrepreneur, personal trainer, and a fighter. And yeah. I don't know exactly what the fighting background is, but I said that and I realized I should, probably should have gave a lot more context on that. So what is the history of fighting? So when I was younger, when I was a kid, probably, you know, everyone in England probably starts with that football or rugby. One or the other. Yeah. I was a footballer from like five till I was about 14. And my, my friend invited me to come to this MMA gym, which makes martial arts, which is obviously massive now. At the time, it was only small. Yeah. Um, and I, I said, okay, it's going to help me with my, with my training because I played at a decent level. You know, I was at academies and stuff like that. It's going to help me with my, with my training. <laughs> I, a year in or something, I quit football in, in total and then yeah. just stuck with fighting. And fighting, when we say fighting, I'm talking about mixed martial arts. Specifically for me, it was Thai boxing. So I had my first fight when I was like 16. And honest to God, it was probably one of the best things I've ever done. And that might sound really weird. I was a very shy kid. Okay. I, w- I wouldn't touch a fly. I would never like, con- um, I still don't like confrontation or anything like that. But what it did for me as a person in terms yeah. of not only confidence, but like discipline and stuff like that was a, a huge. Um, so yeah, I, I, w- I was fighting for a few years and that's where me, me journey started with fitness is that I remember cutting down to, I'm, Relatively, I'm now I'm like six, 96 kilograms, 97 kilograms. When I was fighting, I was sick. I was 70 kilograms, so I was like wow. 26 key less. And I'm not, I'm not massive. I'm not, I'm not fat. I'm not massive, but I was really, really skinny at 70. Yeah. So that's when I started feeling a bit like, oh my god, I don't feel confident and stuff like that. And I also, I was intrigued about why I was doing so extremes to get to that weight to fight at that age and so much training, and then. When I got into it, I just really loved the um, the science behind it and how this I could do. This must be other ways to do this, etc., etc. Yeah. And that's how I just led on, basically. Amazing, amazing. I love, I love like when there's something that triggers something. I like that kind of like need and want to go into something that's like foster here. Um, so fighting straight into personal training, personal training into online coaching. That online coaching, um, personal training transition linking back to the podcast, I, I'd call that innovation for me. I think yeah. moving from face-to-face to online is a big piece of innovation because you've got to know how to, one, grab the attention of your audience, two, understand what they want, three, provide that service. So what, what did you do personally? How did you learn what your audience wants enough to get that attention? So it's fun, again, going back to your mostly target audience and understanding what their needs are and how they're actually feeling. It's, it's the same feelings that I've felt. So, you know, making sure I'm, I'm solving them problems and, and giving out free information. You know, people are so, so held back with holding stuff to themselves. Again, you can go and find out all of this. This is nothing new that I'm telling people. 
on on social media and stuff i'll teach as much as i can if one person gets any sort of help from it i've done my job so yeah. just to go off topic a little bit paul one of my clients who's just finished yeah. up with me actually he actually came to me and on the call that he, he said i want to sign up with you because you've helped me lose 20 kilograms over the last two years and i want to sort of pay you back but i also want to work with you so okay. for me that was absolutely massive so yeah. It is innovation. I think with coaching, the th- first thing I like to think of is service. So if I'm if I'm going to charge X amount for a service, I want that service to be as good as possible. So what are the things that I would like to see as a client? Okay, I'd want to educate me, myself. So I'll, I'll make an education hub for my clients that only they have access to and they can go in there and watch videos and, and content and, and, and articles and stuff like that. Client so we corner. Made, yeah, the client corner. Exactly. Nice. So we made that. And then you go, what, what, about, what do people struggle with in terms of accountability? Okay, we'll do a weekly check-in on this day because that's when they're going to be more accountable and so on and so forth. So it's finding what people have problems with or issues with and just trying to solve them every single day, which I'm, st- I'm still not perfect with what I do now, but I'm just constantly trying to solve new issues all the of course, time. Absolutely. And that's obviously, as you said, never-ending process. So how do you find them problems? Like, is it, do the... Do you just identify it or do you have a process that you look into to try and find them? And to, to kind of give you an example, one thing that we do when at, you know, we've got our own company for certain one, I do with Jack. And we find that when we're offering a new service, we break down a value proposition of the jobs that our target audience has to get done, what pains that they have, what the gains are, how they measure a job well done. We look into that and we try and figure out what the, what's the best experiment we can do to find out what's the most prominent pain in this area and how does that overlap into what we're trying to offer do you have a similar process that you follow it, again you get you get different information because obviously there's so much information that i could post out and how do i build get information from this is like experience with clients so if clients ask me a question then if they're asking it i know that 100 other people are going to want the same answer so that's okay. where you get that from and then working with people over time you start to find things that work for people and things that don't work for people and you start to relate them to other people who you might work with or that might suit them a little bit better so from experience you just tend to find what people struggle with and obviously the main thing at the moment just to lock that with lockdown is that mindset's going to be at the forefront people and motivation is lacking because I, i'm exactly the same what i was um you know people are going to feel isolated people feel like they can't progress because there's so yeah. much stigma around gyms closing and stuff like that so it was, then it's my job to say, okay, really dial in on your, on your mindsets, but also here's what you can do without gyms yeah. um, and give them a breakdown of what, what results can still be made and why they can be made. So it just comes at different times and understanding at the time what people need mostly. So Lou, um, obviously I put out on my Instagram, you put on your Instagram, any questions that anybody has to ask in advance of this podcast. So we got five and you got to be ready for them because they're pretty good questions. Some of them I think you'll struggle with, but you know, that's why we're here. So the next <laughs> one, which I found quite interesting, where do you see yourself in five years? So again, this often changes and like I'm massively into, again, routines and I'm writing down goals and stuff like that. So in five years, I probably see myself being in a, a lot, obviously a growth stage of like having people, probably coaches working, I'm having a, a scaling the business up. Um, Again, with training one-to-one, I, I still think I'll be doing that in some capacity. Um, but also, I'll, I'll be looking to, to venture into other um, businesses and stuff like that as well. Probably property at, at some point as well. Yeah, property. 
amazing place to put your money into. So yeah, completely with you on that one. Um, it's an interesting one. So this one for me kind of sits in towards marketing as much as it does actual personal training. So how do you stand out from other personal trainers and online coaches? So for me, I think I'm relatable to a lot of people. So you could go on, you can find the thousands and thousands of coaches out there, but why choose me? It's, it's who you relate to. So if, if, I can, if we can get along and you can really relate to what I'm saying and you can trust me as a person and you like my ethos and my, my ways around training and how I handle clients and mindset, then that's what makes me stand out to other people. Personally, um, I'm just doing my job as, as well as I can by providing the best service possible to my clients who want to work with me. So, um, yeah. Cool. Brilliant. Um, let's see. What's your favorite training exercise? It's another one we got through. Those training exercises, there's so many different... Uh, I, I go through stages as well. So some, sometimes I don't really like you know training legs or doing squats, and then some weeks I'll absolutely despise them. It's got to be, I'm sure it's got to be a deadlift because it's like the powerhouse of all exercises. It's, you know, you're using multiple muscles in the body. You, uh, I'm pretty strong at it. And um, yeah, it's just something about lifting something really heavy off the floor once. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. something cool about well, it. I'm completely with you on that. I, uh, what I found when I went to the gym, it was like, you know, you're not, I've not used any of my muscles in such a long time. So when, when we started our, uh, you know, uh, journey together, so... I found that chest press, it was kind of the most demoralizing thing I could have done because <laughs> you've got Jack with me. He was, he was like, oh, I'm going to get 100kg for one or two reps. And I was like, all right, then I'll just stick with the 40. <laughs> so yeah. for me, when I went into the deadlift and then I, was, I think I got 160 at one point in the most sketchy looking rep right. I've ever done in my life. I walked off that, felt through it onto the floor. Like, yeah, I'm the dog in this gym. You're good, yeah. <laughs> Sit down because I'm walking in. One thing that shocked me though, um oh is he called the beast that like the strongest man and what yeah. what did he bench like, deadlift of 400 kg or something at one point you got to wear like over 500 kg which is way forth at the time was impossible yeah. i know no human could pick that up but then um thor or the mountain of game of thrones he lifted 501 this year that, see see i find that insane because i heard eddie, eddie all talking about when he lifted his one which i think was actually less than that and he said yeah. he had temporary amnesia. He uh, bleeding on the brain. He passed yeah. out. He couldn't see. Is that just no. like, for me, for me, that seems like a dumb thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> do you see that as in, no, that's cool. Push yourself. Or do you find that there's a limit there that you need to be smart enough to know when to stop? Well, if someone, if someone, someone probably did 10, well, I'm guessing he did 10 rounds at Eddie Hall and said, you will not be able to lift that off the floor. There is no way in this world, we've done the science, we've done the research, you cannot pick that off the floor. And he just walked up to it and picked it up. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I think he's just pushing himself as far as he can go. Um, and same with Thor. Now that Thor, you know, seeing that, he wanted to beat it, he built up to it. And I think he's been deadlifting for years and years and years. And he finally, he did 501 and he still had more in the tank. So possibility is endless. It's, yeah. it's limitless. Be me one day, Lou. Uh, it'll be you, yeah. <laughs> when I'm bulking, that'll be me. <laughs> um, right, so what else we got? We have, um, here we go. So this one came, that's pretty interesting. What gap did you see in the market that made you start PT or online coaching? The gap in the market, again, you tend to just ride the wave and you tend to fall into things. So mm -hmm. 
with lockdown, as obviously was the majority of me online shot up in terms of um, business-wise and, and, and adding more clients. I think now the gap in the market for me was definitely the mindset side of things. I think people people need that now. And again, like, you know, mental health and mindset seems to be like, it seems to be like a, like a buzzword type thing now where people yeah. are like, everyone's just shouting it about and saying, well, this is mental health and this is mental health. But actual fact, like mindset and and the term mindset is is can relate to any part of your life. You know, posit- there's no such thing as just being happy and sad. There's a thing about being positive and negative. Though mm-hmm. positive, you can still go through you know sad times, happy times, angry times, emotional times. Negativity is just like blocking all of that out and just saying that this is the worst case scenario. So. I think that's where the gap in the market for me comes in is that I don't only help you with getting in the best shape possible physically, but I reckon I could benefit you in your, your again, your business, your your lifestyle, your family relationships by giving you more education on, on mindset and how you can develop your mindset. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I could not agree more with that whole thesis that you just said. So for me, mindset was probably the biggest hindrance for business um, professional uh progression and personal progression you know i i'm you know yourself i am and i'm like you know fine so i was i i struggle with my mental health and uh, you know i'm getting help for that as like you know from different uh, professionals but also one thing that really helps me is the work you've done on you know solidifying a routine and then understanding the benefits of what i'm doing today and how it does add up to something brilliant in the future you do work towards a goal setting them goals and measuring the little wins as you go along it really helps mindset routine and then physical fitness just releasing them endorphins putting and it just makes you feel so much better so it has to go hand in hand for me definitely 100 goes hand in hand and obviously you've been there first hand to experience it exactly exactly yeah um so next up what have we got ah do you prefer training alone or do you prefer training with a partner um good question i think if i want to get more stuff done I'll, i like to train on my own yeah. But if a partner is very, very handy, and I, I've, I have, apart from like my girlfriend, um, and sometimes I'll train with the odd person, having a, a training partner can be really, really beneficial. Um, you know, pushing each other, pushing past your limits. You know, you know when you've got that last exercise and you just want to go home, and they're gonna do it, you're gonna do it as well. So it can be very beneficial, and I think um, I like training with other people because I can see what they're doing as well and why, how they do things or why they enjoy doing that and, you know, the ways that they set themselves up. So it's also, again, everything's learning. Everything's learning. Yeah. Got to be doing it. So who is your favorite partner then? Who's your number one training partner all the time? Uh Uh-oh. Is that I, see I would say my girlfriend Abby because yeah. but only because like I, I push her I know that she, yeah. I, she pushes me in the terms of like you know go and do that one more rep go and do that again why don't you go for that you know there's that little bit of a push when, when you feel like you could both just get off as I said so yeah, yeah. he was actually just text me saying it's not Abby it's the boys so Abby <laughs> he's, not, he's lying to you um, <laughs> yeah so do you find that like when you do train with someone else who's not a train like an online trainer or not a PT. Do you feel like there's sometimes a bit of like, oh, is he watching what I'm doing, or do you actually find people want that help? No, like I think vice versa. They're probably thinking about well, what's he thinking of me. But mm. um, if I train with someone like a friend who's like you know not a not a trainer or whatever, I'll just do his. I always say I'm not I'm not coaching you. I'll do your session. We'll do what you want to do. Like um, and if it might not be as optimal as what I think it is. 
yeah. I'll still go ahead and do it because, um, you know, that's what they do. And I'll, I'll always try and educate them a little bit, but I'm not going to be like, you know, you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. Of course. What works for you, works for you. If I, I'll yeah. do whatever you want to do, basically. <laughs> fair, that's fair. So this, that's actually quite interesting. So one thing that I struggle with, um, especially during lockdown, because you're kind of forced to be, I mean, this podcast room right now is my living room plus my office plus where they go in the game with the boys. So <laughs> it's finding that, you know, switch to say, no, work's done. Now I'm doing this. That must be hard because I find training as an escape from work. Mm-hmm. Training is a huge part of your work, like the, probably the biggest sounds of your like, you know, professional career. So how do you separate? No, this is professional and this is pleasure or can you not? It, it's diff- it is difficult as you said there like especially now like I'm at my office in my bedroom which is this office is for work that bed is to sleep in um, this laptop is for work so it's just a bit weird but with training training is also my outlet training is my time for an, an hour of the day I'll go in there and absolutely smash it that's why I'm not a massive fan of like you know recording everything that I do and because that's work I want to go yeah. in there and do what I need to do enjoy myself that's also the reason why I've had coaches in the past and people think well, why would you have a coach if you're a coach and you know what to do? It's because I want to separate my work from my training. So I might have someone come in and, and coach me and tell me what to do and, and I'll go and execute it. Um, whereas everything outside of the gym is then work. And then obviously you, you're adding there like your non-negotiables, that, especially time, time non-negotiables. So like tonight I'll spend time with, with Abby and I won't really, I won't do nothing else, nothing scheduled in that time or nothing like that. So yeah. again, comes down to routine massively. Fair enough. The last question that we got is, for example, if I was going to be a PT, I want to start my personal training or online coaching career next week. What three tips can you give me to get started in that? Um, trial things. So basically just gain experience. Um, never stop learning. So always look into things and question things. You might hear 10 different options on things. Um, always look into it. Again, with, with fitness Something that was right two years ago or something that was you know, readily available and readily tested or readily studied could have changed by now. So it's constantly changing. So always keep up with the times. And um, again, just care about your clients. I see a lot of people who, who are either very, very money-driven or um, you know, they do it because it, it's, it's like a status for some yeah. reason, which I don't yeah. like. That's why I don't like your call with PT. Uh, but um, care about your clients. Care more than they care. You want the result because they came to you with their hard-earned cash for yeah. you to help them get where they want to be. So care as much as you can about them. Amazing. No, I think that was a great chat. Really enjoyed <laughs> it. I know so much more about the fitness industry now. <laughs> I know I know why you're pushing me as much as you're pushing me. Yeah, uh, yeah really appreciate you coming on to have a chat about that. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, as always. Cheers, right. Everybody who wants to follow Lewis Neal, I'm going to link him down below. Thank you for watching, and hope you tune in for the next one. Cheers, Cheers Bye-bye. No.